Hello, and thank you for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If you enjoy this message, we invite you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for service times and directions. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join Associate Pastor Chuck Coburn as he teaches from the Word of God. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 3, Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen, and you will find life. Pray with me. Father, today we come to you the best we know how with our ears wide open. And Lord, we want to find life today. Father, we want to be set free from the worries of this life. Lord, we want to be set free from those sins and burdens and bondages that have so overwhelmed us that we can't even look for tomorrow. Father, today we ask you that you would remove all of the wrong preconceived ideas we've ever had about you, about church and about life. Lord, it's hard for us. It's hard for me sometimes to listen. So I pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus that you would open up our ears so we could truly hear from you, Lord, and we could find life. And I pray that in your name. Amen. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. We'll start with verse 12. Jesus has begun His public ministry, and He has shared some things with people. But during this time, He's going to start taking a new direction. For Jesus is going to start teaching in parables. A parable basically is a heavenly story. It's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And so Jesus is going to integrate His first parable, which is the parable we call the, the seed and the sower. And he explains, he, show, he shares the parable with the people, and then right after that, his disciples have questions. They're not understanding why he is teaching about a seed falling on a hard rock and birds eat it up, or a seed falling on shallow ground and it grows, but once the sun comes up, it's destroyed, or how this seed grows, but the weeds of the world just choke it out, or even how the seed gets in some real good soil and yet it yields some 30, some 60, some 100 times its, its growth. And so now in, in verse 12, Jesus is going to give them kind of a, an, an illustration, not an illustration, kind of an explanation. So Matthew chapter 13, verse 12, this is how He replies to His disciples. He says, To those who listen to My teaching, more understanding will be given. And they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. That is why I use these parables. For they look, but they really don't see. They hear, but they really don't listen or understand. This fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah that says, when you hear what I say to you, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened, 
and their ears cannot hear. And they have closed their eyes, so their ears cannot see, their eyes cannot see, and their ears cannot hear, and their hearts cannot understand, and they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. But blessed are your eyes, because they see, and your ears, because they hear. It's an interesting thing. You've heard the statement before, you can't see the forest because of the trees. Sometimes we get so focused on the details of life that we miss the whole scope of things. And the disciples were getting so focused on these four different soil settings that they missed the whole point of Jesus' parable. And here was the point of His parable is that He wanted them to learn to listen to everything that He had to say. And here's how I know that. In the first 23 verses of Matthew chapter 13, 18 different times the form of the word listen or hear is used. So if you have 18 different times in 23 verses the word listen or hear integrated in these verses, then obviously the main focus is probably listen and hear. That's why we have two ears and one mouth. But it's hard for us to listen, isn't it? It's really hard for us to listen. We need to go a step further. You need to understand the concept of that word listen. Because sometimes we misunderstand what the word listen really means. Here's what the word listen really means in Matthew chapter 13. It comes from the Greek word echo. And it means to have, to hold, to have and to hold implying continued possession. Particularly and primarily to have in one's hands, to hold in your hand. In other words, Jesus says, when I want you to listen to me, I don't want it to go in this ear and out that ear. When I teach you, I want you to have it in your possession. I want you to hold on to it. I want you to embrace it. I want you to basically integrate it into your very life. This parable is great for you disciples and for the people, but the key is, is that we need to listen wholeheartedly. We need to embrace. We need to grab a hold of everything the Lord says. Now, what you need to know this morning that over 3,800 times in the Word of God, the Bible says, thus saith the Lord, or God said, or God spoke. So obviously we can see through the Bible if God has said it over 3,800 times, He likes to talk. That means we probably need to listen. And, and that can be very, very difficult. And really, hearing and listening can be very two different things. For example, you can tell your children to come to dinner, and they may not quite heard what you said. It's kind of mumbled. But when you tell your kids to clean their room, you know good and well they're not listening. You know that went far from the course. They're, they're not even paying attention. So this morning, I want us just to look at maybe four different types or four different ways that we hear. Four different ways that we not only hear from people, but we hear from God and His Word. The first one, which hopefully and prayerfully is nobody in this room, is you just don't listen at all. You do not want to listen to anything. Now, I, I, I do imagine that maybe somebody's here today because somebody drug you here. They brought you here, and in your mind, you say, 
this is the last place on earth I want to be right now. See, you're that person that you're probably not going to hear a word I say. You're not going to hear a word that the Lord says. And that's sad. And maybe it's because you've had a bad experience in church. It probably won't take you long to sit around a lot of people. We've all had some bad experiences in our life. I've had a bad experience in church. But just because I've had a bad experience in church doesn't mean that all churches are bad. Now, what you do need to know is that if you're basing your entire life on religion, that's bad. Your entire life should be based upon a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's why you, when you know that you're beginning to listen and come around. And we have to be careful just because we've had an experience not to block everything out. So let me see a show of hands. Anybody in here ever had food poisoning? Man. Yeah, a lot of us have. Did you stop eating? <laughs> I know I haven't. I did not go back to the restaurant where I had food poisoning at. But I didn't stop eating. Just because you've had a bad experience, maybe at a church, don't tune the Lord out. Don't tune His grace and His love for you out. We, we come to church and we tell our minds, I don't want to be here. So what happens when the praise team sings or we get up to preach... It's almost like Charlie Brown. Y'all remember the cartoon Charlie Brown? You remember, you remember how Charlie Brown's teachers used to talk? Wah-wah, wah-wah-wah-wah, wah-wah. I know some of you come to church, and after we get through church, you said, that sounded like, like a wah-wah, a wah-wah-wah-wah. And you know why it sounded that way? Because you weren't listening. The Bible is very clear. Come to me. The Lord says, come to me with your ears. Listen, and you will find life. We are told that if we come to the Lord, we will have life. Now, now this is just a known fact, and you just need to know this. That every breakdown in a relationship starts with the failure to communicate. That is the... God's given truth. It doesn't matter what it is. If you're failing a relationship at home with your spouse, with your kids, if your relationship is failing at your work, with your boss, with your employees, it's because somewhere along the line, the communication has failed. That's all there is to it. Very first sin in the Bible, the Lord was nowhere around Adam and Eve when they started talking to Satan. Communication failed. The reason why we have so many bad relationships is because we are not communicating. The reason why your life is such in disarray, it's so miserable and it's so hurtful and full of heartache is because you have quit communicating with the Lord and God cannot give you anything to help you. God wants to talk. And God will talk to you in any way, shape, or form He so chooses. But you have to be willing to open up your ears and listen. There's a story told about Franklin Roosevelt that he had to go to a lot of these different functions at the White House. And a lot of times he would get in line with his wife and people would come by and he'd have to shake their hands and say something to them. And he realized that more than likely most people weren't even listening to him. You ever feel like that at your house? You feel like most people just aren't listening to you? 
Well, well, Franklin Roosevelt felt that way. He says, I don't think anybody's listening to me. So during one of his events, when people came by, he would say a few words, and then he would mumble underneath his breath, I murdered my grandmother this morning. <laughs> and people would reply, congratulations, good job, keep up the good work, we're so proud of you. And this went on, person after person after person. And finally the ambassador of Bolivia came by and he mumbled to him, I killed my grandmother this morning. And without hesitation, he just leaned into him. He says, I'm sure she had it coming. <laughs> we need to learn to listen. Once again, Isaiah 53, 55.3 says, Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen, and you will find life. When we come to the Lord with our ears wide open, and we listen to Him, we will find life. The second listener is those who listen, but you really don't take it to heart. You listen as long as it agrees with you or it's in your favor. You'll listen to it as long as it lines up with your theology. You'll listen to it as long as it benefits you. You'll listen to it as long as it makes you smile and happy. But if it doesn't, then you immediately close the ears. Your ears aren't wide open and you, you kind of close down. And we have to be careful that life is not always full of fun and joy. Life has some teaching moments in it. And there's going to be some hard times in your life that God wants to teach you and help you. That's why so many people go from church to church to church because you're looking for the church that's going to agree with everything you think and line up with all of your theology. And you're going to find out you're going to wear yourself out because you're never going to find a church that way. It's like the guy who was marooned on a deserted island for years and they finally found him there were these three beautiful buildings and they came up to him and they said wow these are some neat buildings what's that building there he said well that's my home they said well that's nice what's that building there he said well that's the church i go to they said well what's the third building over there he said well that's the church i used to go to <laughs> we have to learn that everything that the Lord speaks to you is not always going to line up with you. In fact, most of the time when God wants to do something in your life, He's going to push you. And not always is He going to push you, He's going to push those around you because in order for you to grow, He's got to stretch you. And that's not going to feel so good. Has anybody ever been in a situation in life where you grew that you didn't hurt, you didn't get stretched? We all do. One of my hardest stretches about four years ago was coming back here to River of Life. It was hard after being in a place for over nine years to uproot my wife and kids just uproot them and say, hey, we're going back to Wakulla County. Now, I am so thankful we did. And they're thankful now. But during the time, they weren't. But I had to learn to say, oh God, I'm comfortable at Trinity. Life is good. I have a great congregation. I'm happy. And God says, but you don't understand, I've got other plans for you. Well then, God, I just ought to just not go. And that's what we do when the Lord challenges you to do things. It's not going to make you feel happy at first. But after you do it, you will be so thankful you did. Right. 
You'll be so blessed and so enjoying life when you follow the Lord. But you have to learn not to just tune God out because He doesn't agree with your thinking. In case you haven't figured this out yet, church, you didn't write the Bible. Well, some of you do. I mean, some of you try to rewrite the Bible. I had a buddy in college that he said, I ripped everything out of the Bible I didn't like, and the only thing I had left was the maps and my name, and I'm not sure about my name. We just can't rip things out of the Bible just because we don't like it. There are hope. There are salvation for life. This is probably one of my famous sayings, and, and I say it often around the office, because this is probably where most of us are at. Deep down, I'm really shallow. And if, you don't, if you're not following that, you're that quote, you're that quote. Because if most of us would look at our internal being, deep down we're pretty shallow. Because life usually evolves around me and what's good for me and what's in it for me. And we have to be careful not to allow that to happen. We've got to learn not to manipulate Scripture to make it better for us. I heard about this parent that was teaching their children. They said... You've got to learn to quit eating all this junk food and fried food because you need to learn to eat vegetables because fried foods are not healthy for you. And the child replied, said, well, you don't listen very well. I've been told that my fried food has been cooked in vegetable oil. It's been saturated in vegetable oil. So how come I can't get any more vegetables than that? Now, that sounds good, but we know the cause and effect of that. If we're going to be more than shallow, we're going to have to learn to let go of what we think. We've got to learn to grab a hold of what the Bible says. We've got to learn to maybe let go of some of our preconceived ideas that have been taught and what the Scriptures tell you. We have to learn that life is not always about us and life is not always fun. James chapter 1, verses 23-25 through 25 says this, For if you listen to the Word and don't obey... It is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see it yourself, you walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says, and don't forget what you heard, there's that saying again, don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. We have to learn not to forget what we hear. Jeremiah 20 verse 9, I like this. He says, but if I say I'll never mention the Lord or speak in His name, His word burns in my heart like a fire. It's like a fire in my bones. I am just worn out trying to hold it in. I can't do it. Jeremiah says, this is the passion in my life. It's the word of God and it's God Himself. Because He eats, sleeps, and breathes the love of God and the word of God. In church, we have to learn to eat, sleep, and breathe the love of God and the Word of God. And then it doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You have to know that if you're ever going to mature in your faith, you've got to learn to be passionate about God's love and God's Word. It, it, it won't always make you feel happy. It's, it's not always going to line up with what you think or agree. But if you will get passionate about the, the Word of God, it will change your life. 
So let me repeat this one more time, and you're going to hear this again. Isaiah 55, 3. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen, and you will find life. Are you listening to what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell you this morning? Are you listening to what, what's going on in your life? The third person, that, or the third way of hearing, is um, you listen, and man, you agree with it, and you, and you kind of hold on to it, but the influences of the world choke it out. In other words, you hear God's Word, you believe God's Word, and, and you start trying to do God's Word, but somewhere along the line, the world just kind of pushes it out of your mind kind of pushes it out of your life. You, you'll leave here today excited about the Lord. You'll leave today making some commitments in your heart and your life. But all of a sudden, when you get up and go to school tomorrow, you get up and go to work tomorrow, the world will just start saturating your mind and you'll forget all about what you heard today. You'll forget all about what you've been taught from the Word of God and you'll go back to living the life you used to live. It happens all the time. Remember, first sin in the Bible? You know, if we eat of that fruit, we're going to die. God said you really wouldn't die, would you? There's the, the plea. You're really not going to die, are you? I know the Bible says that we shouldn't live together before we're married, but we have a rule. We have an exception to that rule. You ever hear that, the exception to the rule? There are no exceptions to God's rules. There are none. We, God understands. We're, we're living together, and, and, and God understands. God understands you're wrong. Do you understand you're wrong? Well, the, the reason why I'm lying is because I, I really don't want to hurt their feelings. Well, once again, the world has convinced you, let's tell lies in order to make people feel better. That's why the world is telling us right now that everybody's going to go to heaven. Homosexuality is okay. Murder is all right. Cheating, stealing, that's okay. When the Word of God says just the opposite. And if you're in one of those situations this morning, I've got good news for you. There is hope. Because I once was as lost as lost could be. And I found this man named Jesus and He changed me. And He gives me hope and help each and every day of my life. But the problem is, is that the moment the Word of God begins to prick your heart, you immediately begin to tell the Lord why you're doing what you're doing, and it's okay. Even though the Word of God says it wrong, and even though you know it's wrong, because maybe your friends have given you some bad advice, or the world has given you some bad advice, you just follow and say it must be okay because everybody's doing it. So let me show you a video that will help you to understand that even though you do something and it's wrong, you don't need to tune your mind away from the Lord. You need to listen to the Lord. Linda, listen, 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 then you're not listening to me. Then you're not listening to me. I asked you not to do something. Linda, but listen to me. Look at if we do something, if you get that out that bird thing off, you're gonna break it. Okay. 
but I'm asking, I'm letting you know but that you cannot. No, I'm. Lick it, lick it. You're not listening to me. Listen to me now. Listen to me now. No, you're not listening. For those who have never seen this video, the whole point of this argument is that Mateo is over at his grandmother's house and his mother says, do not eat the cupcakes. Well, guess what he did? He ate the cupcake. And then he says, well, listen, I'm at grandmother's house. Everything's okay at grandmother's house. And she says, no, you didn't listen to me. And then he's like, no, you didn't listen to me. It's okay at grandma's house. And no, it's not. And this whole battle back and forth is listen, listen, listen. And so often that's what we do with each other and we do with the Lord. God says, listen to me, this is wrong. You say, but no God, on Friday nights it's okay. No God, when I'm out of town and nobody knows me, it's alright. No, it's not. And so often we tell the Lord, listen. And what God's really saying, why don't you shut your mouth and listen to me? In fact, what I love about it, yeah. What I love about it, she says, you're going to get pom-poms on your, on your fanny. He said, oh no, Grandpa's going to do that to you. And she said, oh no, it's not. <laughs> it's about a three-minute video. I couldn't show you all of it. You go home and watch. It's, it's the whole point of this thing is, even though this kid is cute, he is learning real early in life not to listen. He's learning real early in life from the enemy to say, just because your mom says... Not to do it, you can do it. And church, what you have to understand this morning is that if God's Word tells us to do it, we need to do it. And if God's Word tells us not to do it, we need not to do it. It is not based upon what you think, and it's not based upon the world telling you what's right and what's wrong. It's based upon what the Word of God says. In fact, Stephen Covey says this. He says, most people... Do not listen with the intent to understand. They listen with the intent to reply. In other words, a lot of times when we open up the Word of God, we're not opening up really for God to convict us and God to change us. We're opening up hoping that God will prove exactly what we think is right. And in all reality, we, we need to be opening up God's Word and say, God, I want to be open this morning, my ears wide open, and Lord, I want you to teach me this morning what I'm doing wrong. God, I want you to show me where I'm, where I'm missing the mark. God, I, I want to open my life and my heart to you so that I can truly understand where I need to be. Church, when we come to the Lord with our ears wide open and we listen, we'll find life. Of course, the last listener is the one who holds on to God's word with everything in his being. In other words, whatever has been said, you hold on to it, you embrace it, you cherish it, you dwell with it. Because that's life. And not only is it life, you love what God tells you. And not only do you love what God tells you, you love what God is doing in your life. There is nothing more precious in all of the world than to hear these words whispered in your life, I love you. There is nothing more precious in the world than hear these words whispered into your heart. I can help you if you'll let me. There is nothing more precious in the world than hear these words whispered in your life. I'm waiting for you 
come to me. And if we will listen to the Lord with everything in our being and everything in our might, He is going to change us. It's kind of like, you ever watch when young people fall in love and man, he just hangs on every word she says and she's goo-goo and gaga over him. Just, just this past Thursday, I was hanging out with this couple that's been married for 54 years and he still hangs on every word she says. He loves her. He's with her. He does everything for her and vice versa. It's my parents. After 54 years, my wife and I were talking about, we were just watching my dad just, just embrace and cater to my mom because he loves her. He listens to her. I'm not saying they don't fight, all, fight every now and then, but he still loves her and listens to her. And when we truly love the Lord, we will listen to him. When we allow the Lord to love us, we'll allow him to speak into our life. We'll allow him to impart into our life. But, but here's what the problem is, is that we get busy running around so much, so often, that we can't allow God to speak to us. This may be hard for you to imagine, but being at home with three teenagers, it's really hard to prepare for a message with three teenagers at your house. And really, it's not three. There's usually four or five. So... If I want quiet time, I have to get up and come to the church office. Just smart. I, I mean, I, I know what's smart. In fact, I told my wife, I said, hey, I'm going to get up early Saturday morning. I want to go to the office for a little while because I know I'll have peace and quiet. You have to find that quiet. It's in the quiet moments of your life that God is going to speak to you. Let me just share a few scriptures that you'll get this. Psalms 46.10 says this. It says, be still and know that I am God. We have to be still to know that I am God. He said, I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. This is the story of Mary and Martha sitting at the feet of Jesus. And, and it says, as Jesus and his disciples continued on the way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him to her home. Her sister, Mary, sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. Notice that. Mary sitting at Jesus' feet. What's Martha doing? What every good housewife would do, right? But Martha was what? Distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. Remember I tell you, sometimes you can miss the forest because of the trees. Martha missed the Lord because of the details. And notice how he replies. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. One thing. What's that, Martha? Mary has discovered it and will not be taken away from her. Martha, you know what's really important? That you sit at my feet and listen to me. That's what's important. Not running around trying to conquer the world, Martha. Not trying to serve me a good dinner. And you have to understand, I appreciate Martha's you know, desire to try to help the Lord out. But really, church, you've got to know when's the right time to do everything. This time, she should have been sitting at his feet, listening to what he said. Isaiah 41, 40 verse 31 says this, But those who wait on the Lord, once again, you've got to wait on the Lord. You shall renew your strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. 
Psalms 37.7 says, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. <laughs> is that hard or what? That is hard. Let me give you a freebie. We need to try the Lord's patience rather than trying the Lord's patience. We need to learn to try the Lord's patience. Sit still and allow Him to love us and teach us rather than trying His patience all the time, doing all the wrong things. Be still. Rest in the Lord and patiently wait upon Him. Here's the problem with most of us. Is that we want God to speak to us, but we want God to speak to us in some grand and glorious way. We want the heavens to part. We want the lightning to flash and the thunder to crumble. Man, we want the earth to split open. I mean, God, I want you to talk to me, and, and Lord, I pray that you'll just show me some miraculous sign. Now, you don't have to confess because we've all been there and some of us are there. We say, Lord, I want you to talk to me, but God, it needs to be grandiose and glorious. And God, I just want it to explode. Church, do you realize if that's the way you think and pray, you will never hear from the Lord? Do you realize that? You'll never hear from God if you're telling God, God, the only way I can hear from you is for you to do something cataclysmic, something grandiose and big. You'll never hear from Him. You know how I know that? Because the Bible tells me that. You know how I know that? Because history tells me that. Listen, if God could really speak to us in a grand and glorious way, don't you think 9-11 would have changed the heart of our country? But it didn't. Why? Because God couldn't speak to us that way. Don't you think if God could just speak to us in some grand and glorious way, life would be different? It would, but it doesn't. So then how does God speak to us? In a still, small voice. Let me just explain this in closing this morning. One of the neatest stories in the Bible is about Elijah. It's found in 1 Kings chapter 19. Elijah has just conquered the prophets of Baal. Man, he's done something great. And Jezebel says, listen, by this time tomorrow, I'm going to do to you what you did to them. Here's a guy that's on cloud nine. Man, he's just conquered the prophets of Baal. And now he is scared and running for his life. In fact, he gets to the point where he says, God, I want you to take my life. Lord, I'm all alone. Guys, you're never alone. You are never alone. That's the biggest lie from Satan there's ever been. I'm all alone. If you're in this building today, there's people sitting to the right or left of you that will help you. You are not alone. You choose to be alone, but you're not alone. And he's all alone. And he says, God, I'm just ready for it to end. And then God says this to Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 11 through 13. And he says this. He says, go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by. And a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. Mighty windstorm. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind was an earthquake, but the Lord wasn't in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. So you see that there are some cataclysmic things going on in front of Elijah, but we notice that God is not in that. In fact, he stands straight looking. But notice what it says next. 
And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak. It was in that still, soft voice that then Elijah remembered the love of his Lord. It wasn't in the great outcome of the the earthquake, the fire, the wind. It was in that gentle whisper. And if we will be still long enough, He will whisper to you. He will let you know what's right in your life, what's wrong in your life. But see, in order for Him to do that, you've got to listen with your ears wide open. I know for me, when I want to hear from the Lord, I've got to get quiet so that I can hear Him talk to me. And believe it or not, most of you have probably heard the Lord many times, you just haven't recognized it was Him. God wants you to listen. And He wants to speak to your very heart. And He wants to change your very life. But in order for Him to do that, you have got to learn to to position your life, position your ears to hear what He has to say. I love this quote by Ella Wheeler Wilcox. She says this, One ship drives east and the other drives west, but the same winds that blow, it's the set of the sails, not the gale, that determines the way they go. We have to set our ears toward the Lord. And when you set your ears toward the Lord, He will speak to you so clearly, there will be no misunderstanding. And then He'll change your life forever. One more time. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 3 says this. Come. Notice you have to come. You've got to make some initiatives. He says, come to me with your ears wide open. Listen and you will find life. Let's pray. Thank you again for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or you need someone to pray with you, then please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to visit River of Life this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. For more information, visit us at riveroflifefl.com.